Welcome back. Episode 24, All the Fly Kids Show. 24? 24. Man. This is the Music is the Answer live from the Underground episode. I am your host, Geronimo Knows. Y'all got to forgive me. I'm a little off today, but I'm going to be back right back on in like two seconds. But I'm your host, Geronimo Knows. Got my co-host and super engineer, Backpack Matt here. What up? And we're bringing back somebody who kicked off, helped me kick this whole thing off some months ago um, to get a get, get an update of what's going on in the city. Uh, whether you live here or you don't, you still need to know because you'll probably end up here at some point. Right. According to our good friend, Miles Gray III. Absolutely. So today I'm bringing back Mr. Marcus K. Dowling. Thank you, sir. How you feeling? I'm I'm really good. I can't complain. Everything's ridiculous <laughs> man, right now. Even when you like not good, like you good, man. I, I need well, I need to the, get like you, man. I don't it's know. It's the how focus. You do. It's the focus on the goal. I mean, to get to where we're going with this podcast, it's the focus on the goal. Like, if you're always goal oriented, no matter how bad a day is, like you know, like in a hundred days or ten days or five days or whatever, it's actually going to be okay. Because mm. whether it's a paycheck or a new life opportunity or a new professional opportunity that you're always pushing towards, you know that that's the, the, the thing at the end. So like Monday may be terrible, Tuesday may be terrible, but like, okay, Friday, Friday is going to be great. Okay, because I'm, I'm going to get paid or I'm going to get this or I'm going to get that or this opportunity is going to open up or whatever. So I mean, that's where I'm, that's where I, that's what I've always been. So I'm always in a good headspace because I'm like, oh, so this thing is about to happen. Plus I saw that you like logged something crazy like over 160 miles 163 miles running. That's I why mean, you be feeling good. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, you take that same <laughs> outlook and apply it. Always, always. I mean, no matter how bad the day is, like I know I can do eight miles. Yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. That's a gangster-ass statement. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't I care I how do bad eight the day is. <laughs> like that's what I it is. Do eight miles right now. Right, it's like, okay, boom. Like I'm waking up. All right, I've got like three deadlines. I have like, you know, there's... You know, I do this this decades nightclub thing, and so like you know, okay, so we got like three happy hours and four private parties, and I need to like get the social media out for those and mm. get those contracts signed or whatever. And then it's like I'm I'm you know maybe if I'm like like in March I was like going to South by Southwest, right. whatever. There's all this stuff going on. I maybe have some meetings about some stuff that's coming. I'm gonna drop that out there. There's something coming, so nice. keep an eye out for that. But uh, yeah, so it's like how all that stuff going on, and it's like uh, yeah. But then it's like I could stop, and if I play it out like an hour, I got eight miles where I can just like it's me yeah. and the road right. and like my music and your and thoughts, I'm, and I'm good, yeah. totally good. That's beautiful. And that's where the ideas come from, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You could you yeah. could just zone out and just like yeah. get those creative juices flowing. I doing, put things I put things together around like mile five. Uh-huh. That's, that's where I'm thinking. So I don't second know that it hurts. Yeah, it's no, 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 control. I'm in pain at that point. Like I'm in real actual pain, but I don't know that I'm in pain because I'm thinking. So yeah. I'm like, I'm so mm. deep in thought. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. So there's this thing I want to do. Maybe if I can get this person, get that person. You start building shit out. Yeah, yeah. I start like putting, putting it the together. together. Yeah. And then I had this little app that'll like tell me when it's like, you're you're halfway. Right. This yeah. is your pace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, great. I need to I'm actually getting faster. You know. Yeah. I need to, I need to stop thinking and start running. Right. It'll be like you're, you've slowed down. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, thank you. <laughs> right. Well, I, I had to bring you back on because, um, yeah, and it's just so crazy just how what I initially wanted to talk about was still similar to what we're going to talk about today, right? But this mixed mag article that you just wrote came out yesterday. Yes, it did. Um, Finally, it's, thank it's, God. it's it's entitled <laughs> "Defiance in D.C. Raving in Donald Trump's Washington" with the byline saying, 
the city is once again falling in love with underground culture. Now, mind you, yeah, within the same 24-hour span <laughs> right. that was released, yeah. there was a Bloomberg.com article that came out entitled 49 Straight Hours Inside Trump's Washington Hotel with the byline reading, Tourists, $100 vodka cocktails with caviar, a small dog in the arms of the Treasury Secretary. It's a hotel lobby as a symbol of this presidency. Oh. Mm. So... In the in the very first episode, <laughs> yeah. we 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 kind of ended on just like where DC is going to be we, in a Trump call, administration. We called a lot of that. You called a lot of that. I called a lot you, of that. You be having the foresight and you know political science major. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just be knowing. I just, be I knowing. just, you know, that's not my forte. Right. But you know, I was like, man, this is so crazy how both of these came out together at, within the same twenty four hour period. So. Um, Let's start. Let's start with the with, with your byline. The city is once again falling in love with underground culture. So okay. let's let's talk about. Let's start there. All right. So um, this story kind of begins back in like 09, 2010, when the thing was was hot. Mm-hmm. EDM was hot. You know, underground indie oh. dance was hot. Like yeah. there was like you know five six parties a night. Like we were there. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the kids that came up in that culture, the college kids, mm-hmm. the high school kids that came up in that culture. Yeah. If you're 17 years old in 2010, that means that you're 24 years old right now. Mm-hmm. If you were 23 years old in grad school, like Morgan Tepper, a.k.a. DJ Lisa Frank, who yes. I interviewed in this article, where you're in grad school in America and you're like 23, 24, you're like 31 right now. Right, mm-hmm. right. So you're, you're a grown adult making grown adult money, right. and you can make grown adult choices in yeah. your life. And if you're just a web visit, your job, your full-time occupation is disc jockey, then you get together with your friend who's a journalist at NPR, Sammy Yenigan, a.k.a. Sammy Y. And, you know, like you're, you, his wife, Joyce Lim, who was a graphic designer, quit her job and is now working full time managing the 1432R label. Then you're like, OK, get with your man, Chris Nitty, who used to book the acts at U Street Music Hall. He's another kid. He was a kid. He was a literal kid. He was like 22 years old. So seven years later, he's what twenty nine. Yeah. So he's he was booking talent at U Street Music Hall. Then you know U Street becomes like an IMP venue. So it's like there's not so much of a need for somebody to book right. underground it's independent system, yeah. dance acts so much. So now he's like a DJ. Right. So these are all people with full time occupations as in some way involved directly in the music industry in Washington D.C. Right. That that's where this whole thing begins because that's crazy. People talk about, oh, D.C. is not a music industry city. Not to the four of them. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> not at all. And, you know, DJs don't work during waking hours. Mm-hmm. So if they want to have a late night after hours party, then it behooves them that D.C.'s got, you know, what, 31 cranes in the sky or whatever. You've counted? Yeah, no, no, no. Washington <laughs> Business Journal counts for oh, you. Okay. They have a what? crane watch. Like, you can actually, like, go physically on the site. I didn't know that. And they have a crane and I, watch. And I, 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 I'm That's subscribed dope, to their Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they know. have a crane watch. So every so often, they'll update and tell you how many cranes there are in the sky. 31 <laughs> Yeah. That's a lot of cranes for a city this small. Right. It's, it's bananas. So, like, so with all that happening, they have all these underground spaces where they could do underground dance parties. Mm-hmm. And if you charge at the door and you throw a bunch of private parties every month and you don't announce where they where they are so that that adds that extra layer of cool to it mm-hmm. and you're playing you know german techno and you know and the thing with uh, 1432r is they built their reputation on ethiopian techno records 
What? Ethiopian Because okay. DeWitt Eklund, who's on their label, is a grad student at George Washington and Ethiopian. And uh, there's two other artists who are his friends. They're not like Ethiopian legends by any stretch. In the same way that like the Detroit techno guys weren't like legendary. Like yeah. Derek May wasn't like the legendary Derek May. Mm-hmm. That was Kevin's man's Derek. Yeah. Who yeah. happened to like have a synthesizer and was making dope records. Yeah. That's usually how it starts, right? Right. So it's the same thing. It's like this is, this is the guy who was in grad school. And he has two Ethiopian friends mm-hmm. who are, you know, like between D.C. and Ethiopia. And they have those records. Mm-hmm. And then if you add in Chris Nitty just dropping hot house tracks all night. And then you mix in Brian Miller, a.k.a. DJ Brian Billion, doing visuals. Mm-hmm. It's a dope party and it's a sustainable scene. So you can do that at night. And it's entirely possible. And it's dope, but it's sustainable. And then you have other crews of people doing it, like, you know, you have uh, DJ Jack Jill, who's Lauren Wright, who, she was my intern when I was at Listen Visual Recording Studios, when she was in graduate school at American. Mm -hmm. And she's an audio technology, you know, like, she has her graduate degree in that. So she I didn't lives. Know they were giving grad degrees for that. Yeah, if you go to American, American's got the ill music program. So what? I did not know that. The guy who okay, so <laughs> they got get master's this. programs with American. The guy who founded Sound Exchange. Yeah, Doug um, Doug Simpson. Yeah, he is the chair of that program. Damn. So you know it's it's DC. Right, so I she's do my got more. yeah she's got an audio degree, and she lives two blocks away from me in in Shaw. And so she's like, I'm going to live here in D.C. I'm not going to move. And, you know, her real life job, which she's not doing engineering during the day, is she's a DJ. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I work during the day. So what time do I have to throw my, you know, my juice party? Oh, right. at night. Yeah. So there's Perfect. this whole in- industry of people. So when I wrote this story, it was just reflecting things that were happening. It wasn't like I'm breaking a story or anything like what events? What? Where 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 were the event spaces that these things were happening? Oh God! Like I like I was saying, there's 31 cranes in the sky. Right. So you have all of this. So you have all of this like real estate. Yeah. All of these like abandoned warehouses. So it was in the in the abandoned warehouses. Yeah. yeah. And, and then all around okay. town, like even in the article, I'm gonna send it to you. Okay. They talk about one. It was like a what a 10 minute walk. 10 minute walk from, from the Capitol, Capitol building. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So off of, off of North Capitol Street. Damn. So oh, that's tough. You I don't like really that. know, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like counting their the, paces and shit. Yeah. Know? So yeah. like you have that, and then there's like spaces that are in Southwest, because any because understand anywhere where there used to be a, a structure where there was a company that can no longer afford to be in the city. Right. This is now vacant space. Right. Yeah. So if you talk to the developer and then you give, maybe give the developer a cut. Yeah. The developer's like. Hey, that's that's cutting into my overhead. That's holding it's lit. me out, right? Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like make it happen. Ivy City yeah. is a hot spot for all these parties too. Mm-hmm. And then what's what's crazy now is that starts an ecosystem because then when you have these bars and clubs that are moving into these spaces now. Yeah. Like say like um there's uh there's there are a couple parties now that are happening at uh Big Chief. Yeah. Which is a bar that did not exist eighteen months ago right. in Ivy City. Mm-hmm. And all they're doing is just looking around and going, oh, there's a person, perfectly good underground dance party here. Well, maybe let's like talk to the people that promote that and see right. if they want to do something 
in this like actual space. And what's so crazy is too, it's almost like I won't even say things are coming full circle. It's coming full circle. It's 2009 again. Well, 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 I'll say even before that because I think about just like how a lot of um, nightclubs that cater to black crowds, they were the ones in these in these warehouse spaces before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even as far back as like when Go Go was still. I was gonna say thing. Yeah. You know, because I went to these 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 spots. You know what I mean? Like. Before Echo Stage was Echo Stage, the DC Star. Before that, yeah, it was the DC Tunnel. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then around the corner was the Icebox, Ice which, which was the, the, the Zulu Cave. Mm-hmm. Bliss used to be, um, 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 used to be a, uh, 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 um, shit. What was it? Uh, it'll come back to me. But um, it um, that was another go-go spot. But right. it was like a warehouse. And so then even fast forward, like looking at Dream, then Love. It's a fucking warehouse, right? That yeah. they that that Mark yeah, Lawrence and them just exactly. like flipped into something like one so, of the most luxurious spaces. So now, upcycling things are moving right back I mean, into yeah, this like, dance room. Yeah, it's funny for me because I worked at Decades, which was Midtown, and we took ninety days and literally flipped Midtown into a whole different looking space. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. Like it, this is all reclaimed space, and I mean that gets to the the issue that we're in now in the city where this is all reclaimed space. Well, not only reclaimed space, but and recontextualized when too. you when when um mm. when you interview Lisa Frank, she said that we're providing unconventional club atmospheres that are safe spaces for everyone. Yeah. But in the same in the at the same token <laughs> in the Trump Hotel Yo. or Pennsylvania Avenue, you know, this is a safe space for people who are looking to go to a bar um, that isn't on Capitol Hill, or you go to a restaurant oh downtown, God. it's somebody else's place. This is Trump land. It's not even a neutral zone. It's not even like no man's land. This is Trump land. People from the campaign, people from the administration feel comfortable okay. coming here. Okay. So mind you, a lot of conservative right. people, they, they're like, safe spaces, safe spaces. No, I'm gonna tell you but some, this is a safe, that's, I'm gonna that's tell you a some, safe space. I'm going to tell you a wild <laughs> story I haven't told anybody. I, I stopped in to the Trump Mm-hmm. And walked through the front door. Okay. And walked around. Which everybody. How, how were you dressed this day? Did you have on a suit? Of course I did. <laughs> of course I did. Because I'm going there. So, like, and I, it was funny. It was like one of those things where it's like, I have meetings all over the city now. Mm-hmm. So, like, it happened that, like, I was, like, in between two meetings. Mm-hmm. And, like, what was equidistant between the two places that I was going mm-hmm. was the Trump Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is one of those rare days during the week where, like, I look. Completely presentable. Like, usually it's like a sport coat and jeans because I, I still want to, like, retain some level of my, you know, creative, cool, creative yeah. comfort, whatever. Some chill. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm chill. I'm not, like, you know, right. like, your, your corporate guy. But right. I'm like, okay, in this case, I was, like, full suited, booted, the whole deal. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in. And, and upon walking in, what, what was your first initial thought? Okay. Um, this is a, pl- a, a place that has to exist. In Washington, D.C. for the next four to eight years. Unpopular opinion. Do tell. Why? Okay. <laughs> All right. So at the end of the day, Donald Trump is president. He won. In, no matter how he won the election, right. he won the election. Mm-hmm. There He's are making decisions. Now. Right. There are things that you have to accept if Donald Trump is the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. You must accept that there will be a Mar-a-Lago in the middle of your city. <laughs> That is ostentatious, <laughs> large, absurd. 
there are $100 vodka cocktails oh. because, of course, there would right. be. The Mar-a-Lago's <laughs> gilded. It's right. literally a gilded, golden structure in the middle of Florida. We're going to have the old post office pavilion be turned into Trump land, mm. which is all that it is. It's Trump land. Yeah, yeah. Because when Donald Trump became the president, we stopped being a democracy. Yes. Mm. We're an oligarchy. We're, mm. you know, uh, like yep. he's the king. Mm. So because he's the king, the king needs to have a court where the king can go and be entertained by jesters and have his drinks and have his functions and his parties and all of the people who come to see the king because they can't they, because Donald Trump doesn't believe in being in the White House because why would you want to like you know sit in this building where everybody knows where you are right. and that you're inside of there and that if somebody wants to shoot the windows out there's a one in ten chance they could probably get you. Well, he's only been to the hotel five times since he's been in office. But the, but the, the and people... and the OMB won't they because of the OMB shit like. He really can't be in there, along with a lot of people that's in there. It shouldn't even be in right. There. But then, but but if you are Trumpish, <laughs> you need a place to go celebrate your Trumpism. Like the woman in the article, who they said she was sitting at the bar eating fries, and she puts her hands. She, she, they said she puts her hands up in the air because he, you know, repurposed the old po- post office pavilion. She said, "This this gives me hope for America." Yes, of course it does. I was, like, fries. I was like, a hotel that's got gold accoutrements and gold everything, all gold yo, everything. Yo, real talk, real talk, real real talk. It's crazy. Real talk. Was there a Benz next door before Barack Obama <laughs> was elected president of the United States? So Benz mm. next door op- opened. No, 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 it was not. No, because I, I, I was a part of, briefly, of the opening team. Yes. Talk that shit. Door. So, when Barack Obama became president, mm-hmm. he had a safe space to go to. Mm-hmm. He promptly went to U Street and promptly walked through the front door of Ben's and was like, Black land. Right. Give me my own oven. All of the black people. Now. Let's come in and have half smokes. Even though it became just even whiter after, Cash after only. that. Point. Right, because but but it only became white only because there's a historical precedent of white people looking at cool shit that black people do and going, Well, what are the black people doing? Right, right. The black people are eating half smokes. We don't even know what half, half smokes, smokes are. are. But we're gonna have one. Right. You know what's even funnier? When you go to actual physical half smoke, the place right, right. you know, across with the go go yeah, joint yeah. on on uh Georgia and Florida, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are lamb half smokes. Which are pretty good. And they're I, really good. They, they're pretty good. Eat. I'm not even eating that. I'm a pescatarian. Yeah, but now, you're but like, <laughs> but it's still, good. but it's crazy because you walk in and it's like, this is just, uh, this is just a, a sausage. Yeah. It's not yeah. a half smoke. <laughs> even a, the branding. half smoke it's, it's, it's a lamb sausage. It's a lamb, it's a lamb sausage. sausage. <laughs> if, if I want a half smoke, I have to go up the street to Twelfth and You. Yeah. And get a half smoke yeah. with the black people right. that came there after Barack was like, black people, this is our space. Right. Mary and Barry came to this space. Yeah. Bill, Cosby Bill Cosby at that point, yeah. who was still, you know, like relevant and cool yeah, yeah, and not, yeah, yeah. you know, like known for having like, right, you know, known for having sex for every woman on the planet Earth. Oh like, it's like, Bill Cosby came here and now I get half smokes whenever. So everybody come on in. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing. So by comparison... It's only fair mm-hmm. that Donald Trump, because he's Donald Trump, takes over the old post office pavilion 
and traps the whole thing out in gold and is like, let's come here. Right. It's basically the Mar-a-Lago. Well, if you put it that way, I'm cool with it. Now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, 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 that's a very that's objective. You. You that. It's objective. You, know, you have to be objective yeah. about it. You have to yeah. say, that's because real. you have to stop and go, he's the president. Right. He has won. Like, there's a lot of things, you know, you know, this whole healthcare debacle today being one of them where you're mm. like, really, man? Like, really? Right. So, so when, upon, after you walked in, you were in there for a while. How long did you stay? Like 15 minutes. Oh, okay, okay. So you didn't sit down at the bar, have a you, drink. You, you almost feel like it's wrong. Like, <laughs> like, I'll say this about the Trump Hotel. If you're a black person, you want to go in and you're not Ben Carson um, or Omarosa or whatever. Shots. You go in and when you go to sit down, you feel like there's like the white person mm-hmm. who works there mm-hmm. is going to look at you and go, now, now, you know it's not 1954 anymore, <laughs> but you know it is not preferable for you to be sitting in that chair. It's not in your best interest. Sir. Right. So you get that sense. You get that. Not that they tell you that. Not that they're going to like publicly say we're, we're racist, but you, you get that sense. Because mm-hmm. you get that sense that this whole building exists because it preserves and protects and redevelops a level of latent racism. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the thing when, when Barack was president, we had to like forget about latent racism. Right. And, and, and not all racism, like, you know, you could be racist under your breath yeah. and you could look hard at people. Yeah. But you know, this now reintroduces latent mm-hmm. racism. I mean, well, you saw the, the banana on the noose at American oh, yeah. and they just found a noose at a fraternity house. At the University of Maryland today, right? Of course, you but that's not, it's not a surprise, right? Right, it's, it's not a surprise, not country, to me at least. But, it's know. like okay, well, you know, like all right, well, that's the thing. It's like we're now reintroducing latent to 1954 racism, right? Back right. to America, like all of that that spread has returned. You remember when people like people say like, "Oh, well, I'd rather you say it to my face." You know, I remember when, you know, racism when it was more overt. Was <laughs> I mean, that's 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 so, right, you got so what you my, want. My mother know? being from the south, right. one of the things she often talks about is how when she moved up here, um and even just having spent time even farther north, she was like one thing that she really didn't appreciate was just dealing with passive aggressiveness and like white people like hiding their hand. You right. know what I mean? Whereas back home in the south, like she grew up um in um Tidewater region of Virginia, Southern okay. Virginia. And cool. she was like, if white people didn't like you, you knew it. Right. And she's right. like, I even though, like, you know, it, of course it sucks for someone like, I fucking don't like you for whatever reason, but at least you knew where y'all stood. Right. And you didn't have to, like, play some game or anything right. like that. You know what right. I mean? It's funny. And, and I have a lot of, and because it's like, because of the political circles I'm working in now, I have a lot of friends and acquaintances who are Trump supporters and people who voted for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funny thing is when we have conversations and I objectively present facts to them, right. they're stunned. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Not you, by the facts, though, right? But no, the it's, the fact fact that that the... Like, it's the fact that like, I'm not like, I'm going to beat your ass, yeah. oh, you're racist not, person. You're not, you're not one of them angry Twitter no. people. I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> and that's how you fuck them up, though, right? Like, oh, no, completely. Because, facts. because then it's like, oh. Right. And then, you know, when you have, like, mixed conversation with people, they go, well, well talk to Marcus. 
Because yeah. Marcus will tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you exactly what it is. And they're like, well, well, well what's your opinion on it? I'm like, you don't want to know my opinion on it. Right. But I will tell you objectively what's going on. Right, right. right. Like that's that's because that's necessary. Yes, like yes, and that's not they're not, they're in in the the mainstream media on social media. There's not enough of that right. going on because that doesn't get ratings and no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's 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 so boring. Like well, you re- you referenced something that happened today. So for people who are listening to this podcast who are not politically aware, can you summarize what okay, happened? Okay, so with the basically house? Uh, in the house, the house voted to repeal Obamacare, and it now goes to the Senate right. to vote. And uh, it's one of those things where, like, um, people with pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are the true people that are really screwed right now. Right, right. they'd be right. the most affected from the they, repeal. They yeah, kept the, the repeal. they kept the twenty twenty six. You can stay on your 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 parents' plan till twenty six, but right, but a lot of other things. Change. They want you to be healthy coming into it. Yeah, and right, more. right, right. So you know, you're at a point now where, okay, so. I feel like this is an important issue for like everybody to think about, even especially if you're in DC. Yeah. Um, now we're at the point in the the Trump administration where he's doing the actual stuff to like rattle the saber and scare everybody. Right. Like people, I, I'm I'm angry almost when I look at social media and I see people getting mad because I go, "You do know this has to go through the Senate, right. and there's there's a one there's a." 35% chance yeah, that this pass. gets through the Senate. Right. But it's the fear that you raise in people. Right. It's a step fear... closer than you, you No, want. no, no, because, because it's not even that. Fear controls people. Mm-hmm. If I put a gun to your head right. and I tell you to do anything, you'll do it. Right. Because of the presumption that I'm going to shoot you. Right. Yes. So in the same way, it's like if the bill passes the Senate... Then you're looking at everybody that's like a liberal that hasn't like, you know, gone off to some like, you know... Reservation somewhere in Arizona is just like, I'm not dealing with this for eight years. Right. Not in Arizona. Yeah, with (laughs) all those people, you're now putting them in the same box as conservative people that aren't far right. Mm. So now the new left is this weird coalition of like the the coastal liberal elites. Yeah, or or, exactly. (laughs) The bubble. Or or people that are just left of Paul Ryan. Mm-hmm. And right. just right of Hillary Clinton. It skewed everything. So center of left, center of right. Yeah. Okay. Now they're friends. <laughs> now you're really right. awkwardly conservative neighbor. Right. You're like, that person is not so bad anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because Donald Trump stared the best. Okay. It's framing so, in perspective. Yeah, right. Well, right. people believe that, like, you know, universal health care is, like, the best thing that America ever did. Mm-hmm. For a generation of young Americans. Mm-hmm. Old Americans, too, and, you know, didn't have access. Right. It's the best thing America ever did was give universal health care to everyone. Then the president, the next president came along and said, no. Nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> and that's, like, deflating to people. Mm-hmm. It's, like, deflating in a way where you feel like you have no hope. You have no ability. Right. You have no we choice. We can't have nice things. <laughs> we literally will not have, but it's not even that we can't have nice things. It's that we will never have nice things ever again <laughs> as long as we live in the history of the country. Right, right. So we better just deal with this conservative thing because, oh well. So, so talking about nice things, recontextualized spaces. Right. A quote from you Yeah. in your, in your narrative from your article, DC scene providing great parties and good vibes to the city in the next four years and beyond is not just a story about recontextualized spaces, forward-thinking promoters and DJs 
and a city that's feeling in love, falling in love again. I'm sorry, falling in love again with underground culture. Yeah, it's it. Okay, so the thing that's funny about DC is that no matter what Donald Trump does, mm -hmm. the the music that's coming out of the city is gaining in respect. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like when I write for Bandcamp, for instance, like Marcus Moore, who's my editor, senior editor of Bandcamp, is from Landover, Maryland. Um, the managing editor of Bandcamp, Jess Skolnick, spent 10 years in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. She is a punk and hardcore, like, legend. Mm -hmm. When you talk to punk and hardcore people about Jess, they're like, yes, she's yes. awesome. Right. So she's OG. vetted. Other people that have written there, Vance Brinkley, Julian Kimball, Brianna Younger, all of the best writers, mm -hmm. almost specifically Absolutely. are asked to write about Washington D.C. at yes. least once. Yes, like Bree made her 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 stock in lock, stock and barrel as a great writer, doing a piece for Noisy about yeah. D.C. rap. I would love to have Brianna on here, but she just just be so shy. She's the shyest girl. You gotta speak up. But yeah, so I mean that's the thing. So come to the podcast. We'll yeah, edit that out. No matter what, the music is going to be great mm. right now. Because the creative juices are flow were flowing already. Right. The only thing that the Trump thing did was like just make people doper. Right. <laughs> like Goldlink right. put out a great album right. for his debut major label release. Right, 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 right. And he put every single person in Washington, DC that has that probably has ever made soul music that he could think of on this record. It's like Maya and yep. April and you know, April April George from April and Vista. Mm -hmm. You got, you know, like God, who else on that record? Kokai. Yep, Kokai. Like, every, everybody who's made records in the last 25 years. Yeah, up-and-comers like Brent Fayez. Exactly, you know? right. Yeah. Everybody's there, and it's like, oh. And, and that would have happened without Donald Trump. Right. So the second you put Donald Trump in there, and you activate people's minds, because then it's like, oh, because everybody goes, I have to make the great record. Right. Because now there is a political cause for me to stand behind and make a great record. Mm-hmm. All that does is, like, as a creative, it just makes you work harder. Right, right. So is, is there space for people in this city at this juncture who would appreciate something of this? And this is coming from the Bloomberg article, everybody. Uh, is there space for people in the city who would appreciate this? What I'm about to, this quote here. Nothing seemed amiss inside his 263-room hotel. The lobby with the Swarovski chandeliers and glass-top atrium is bright even on a bleak Tuesday afternoon. On one side, tourists sat below a four-story U.S. flag, flipping through a bar menu that offers an $8 glass of milk, a $100 vodka cocktail with caviar, and one ounce of Hungarian wine and a crystal spoon for $140. The corn nuts, corn nuts with truffle oil are free. Bang. I love it. Okay, so. <laughs> all right, so I'm, uh, so I'm working on some stuff with Robert Weedmeyer, who's like a legendary chef, and he's like one of the best <clears throat> chefs in the city. Um, Belgian born, German, you know, German, like developed as a chef, and mm. now he's in DC. He's been in DC for 20 years. What's what, uh, name a couple of restaurants people might be uh, Marcel. Yep. Um, you know, also the restaurant I'll talk about, Siren, which is the one that he just opened, uh, in the old Doubletree, which is now mm -hmm. a, uh, like five star, uh, Hilton Honors Hotel. Okay. The Darby. Um, I got on, to use my points there. I got Hilton Honors points. You do that. Cashing out. Okay. So one of the great things about the, the siren, speaking of caviar, is that they literally serve caviar. Like literal, like they're, they're, they have, a, they have, they have a, a, a caviar, like 
They have a, they they do a macaron mm. that has a caviar spread, mm. which is opulent and ridiculous. Yes, but it tastes wonderful too. It's one of those things when you become a, become a journalist, kid, so you can do things like this in life and just laugh at. Sometimes you gotta splurge on some baller shit. Absurdity. Well, it's not baller shit. It's That's whatever, the crazy part. You, baller so is perception. They, you know? No, 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 no. I'll explain. They do different services of caviar at this restaurant. There's one that's an approachable $35. Mm. So that if you're doing the $200 date, you know how women say that you have a $200 date or whatever it is, you know. You that's could do a whole other, uh, uh, podcast. Right. You could do a $35 caviar in that $200 date, and it wouldn't be obtuse or obscene or strange or whatever. There's also that $125 caviar service. Mm-hmm. There's also there's this big giant like seafood tower. It's got like prawns and lobster and sashimi mm. and all of this stuff happening. It is a big giant tower. There's one that's at seventy dollars. That's approachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's one that's at hundred and fifty dollars. That literally looks like they they caught the Chesapeake <laughs> and they put it. On the service. They got the whole sturgeon. Yeah. Right. And you're just like. This will last me two weeks. Right. And you're just like, well, well, shit. Okay. Like, should, I should have invited my friends. Right. right. So I say this Split only to, to say that like. You have two very disparate things happening in the city at the same time. It's going to happen for like eight years. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Where there's like. Middle class is now lower class. Yeah. Middle class, like upper middle class, even because the the as I like to always say, the median household income to income in DC is a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, uh huh. The median household income to income a hundred thousand dollars. But how how many how many two income earners are living in the city, and how many are just single income? Right. But if you're a single income earner in DC, you're hopefully living in a group house with four other single income earners where you ding, can ding, ding. afford doing this thing like, you know, in the city. Yeah. So that's Man, where that. Right. That's where <laughs> we are right now. <laughs> so if if you're doing, doing that, that, you have to understand that most of those people who are now living in the city, who are in theory, if you look at the rest of America, upper middle class. Yeah. In Washington, DC, you are working class. Yes. Mm-hmm. Making fifty five, sixty, seventy, seventy five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. You're a working class person. Facts. You're a blue collar, <laughs> white collar person. Facts. That's very true. That, Which is that that's and that, that explains greatly. So I've I've been in Richmond for work for the past three weeks. I've currently yeah. just drove up for this interview. Right. Because I'm I'm dedicated mm. and committed people. So listen to my Facts. shit. So um there's mad DC expats in Richmond. Yes. And I learned very quickly why. One, I only once paid more than $9 for top shelf liquor. And that was at like the the the, the latest, greatest gentrified cocktail yeah, bar. Yeah, right. But every other place that still had great liquor options. Yeah. I paid no more than 9 bucks. Of course. I had to go visit one building that was an apartment, a new apartment building in like a neighborhood called Scott's Edition. And... Yeah. The guy, the insurance guy downstairs, he's like, yeah, you know, the apartments upstairs are like small, but they're like a thousand bucks. And this is a nice part of the town. You could tell right. this is like a newly renovated building, all of that. I was just like, a thousand dollars? 
Do you know how much a thousand? You know how much? A, do you know how much <laughs> an apartment this size would cost in DC? Yeah, like twenty five. It's crazy. I was yeah. just like, it's crazy. So down there, yeah. people would be like balling out of control. Right. So think about it. You're a working class, blue collar, white collar individual making like sixty five, seventy, seventy five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Because the high end of DC, because that's the low end. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's the seventy dollar caviar. Go to Siren, hang out. I'm not saying this because Robert's a good person, but I'm just saying this because the first thing that popped in my head. There's a million restaurants that are just like this all over the city that are all opening up. Bad Saint, all of right. all the yeah. all the Michelin. Yeah. Because we have Michelin. Yes, we have. That's Michelin. when you we have know. Michelin rated restaurants now. That's when you know that you're you're balling right across the street, China Chocano, the same place. It's, yeah. you know, it's my favorite restaurant in town, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I can eat that menu. Right. I, I know that menu backwards and forwards. Two restaurants owned by the same person. Um, Jose Andres, right? No, 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 no. I was about to okay. talk about some other ones. Um, Pineapple and Pearls and uh, 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 what's the other one that opened up first? Uh, 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 um, Rose Luxury. Yes. Both rated, what, best restaurants in the country? Right. Back to back years, yeah, exactly, and it's just like wow, crazy, yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. but that's not the, just DC, the country, right. but that's yeah. but that's on the low end, that's that low end where you're 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 blue collar, white collar, middle, you know, upper middle class person at the low end of the scale, yeah. Mm-hmm. These are people who will live and thrive in DC because if you are in a household where you're making a hundred, a hundred, fifty, two hundred thousand dollars, you, you can do some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You're not doing a lot of stuff. Right. But you, you can do some stuff. Got a little bit passive. Cool stuff, you, you, right. can, you, can, you can make a, a good life here. Yeah, exactly. But then on the other hand, there's there's the Trump Hotel people, yes. right? Who are like eight dollars for oh well well a I'll glass pay of milk. I pay twenty five for a glass of milk, because okay, so like the real thing for me was there was a month where like I decided that I wanted to see how the other half lived, mm-hmm. so I went and I shopped at Dean DeLuca. Okay. For like, man, they got the bomb sandwiches at Dina Dina, the, 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 the bomb sandwiches, the bomb macarons, the bomb like everything. It's pretty great. So I went to Dina Luca. I'm like, I'm gonna go in here because I want to see what the what this hype is. So I walk in and I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, there's like vintage aged cheese, and they'll mm-hmm. even slice off a bit and give you a sample. Okay. And then they'll tell you what it costs per pound, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so it's like $25 a pound. Oh. And you gave me a sliver? Well, I appreciate the sliver because yeah, yeah. that's like actually in my budget. Yeah. Like, thank you. I appreciate that. that that's really wonderful. It's see, crazy. See, now I think there's actually three sides. So, and now we're, since we're talking about the high end yeah. and people who like luxury shit. Right. So, I like luxury I shit. I know you do. I'll and just, when I, when I, I can afford to do luxury shit, I do it. But mm. all people also know I have good taste. So right. now... The people that go to Dean and DeLuca ain't going to the Trump Hotel. I look at the Trump Hotel and anything that comes along with that brand as, as, super, like, yeah. as, as like people who ain't got good taste, ostentatious, right. luxury, gaudy ass shit that I don't want no parts of. You right. know what I mean? But they're but they're in the same they're in the same tax bracket. Okay, yes, yes they are. Yes right. they are. So I mean so so that's a even that's a good you brought up that point because in my article I talk about the fact that, like, when they did the the Mike Pence rally, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was one of the most, like, lit days ever in the history of Washington, D.C., like, when you're walking... Okay, so, like, I went to Georgetown Day for, for uh, middle school and high yeah. school. So I spent a lot of time in Upper Northwest in my life. Like, far too much time. Yeah. And there's this thing when you, like, go to school up there because you realize very quickly that there's, like, conservative 
ridiculously rich white people. Yeah. And then there's like very progressive and liberal. Yeah. Very rich, rich white people. white people. Huh. And they live right next to each other. So it's fascinating because Mike Pence lives in the same neighborhood as like some really, really progressive white people. Is he on Chevy Chase? Yeah. Yeah. So you're just like, so it was fun watching like all of these like progressive older white people like cheering on the young gay people like twerk walking down the street. <laughs> down what, uh, River Road and yeah. all that. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> it was really yeah. fun. University Boulevard and yeah, Soto Johnson. I'm just walking down <laughs> there Road. like, you know, I'm walking through this residential and there's like rainbow flags hanging and you're just like nah the priceless shit was that week. was that shot of that woman who stood outside on her front steps with her glass of champagne and her fur on she had on the of full course. length oh, fur just watching the shit go down I was like gangster. that shit is priceless man that's right, cause that's, that's what that's cause that I would do some shit like that I'm like sit <laughs> right, on the porch right. and watch these motherfuckers with my $25 turn milk right. <laughs> that's what it is I mean but that's what it is so it's fascinating so you have like these two very disparate sides that are even by disparate comparisons yeah bizarre mm-hmm. because you have again blue collar white collar middle cl- upper middle class people mm-hmm. which makes no sense yeah if you if 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 i walked in here and i gave you eighty five thousand dollars to do what you're doing right now you'd be hell like yeah. i have won hell yeah i am i am successful <laughs> right but then if you tried to pay rent at say logan circle nah no, because because this is the expectation. If right. you make this kind of money, you should be able to like you know can't afford, even afford a room over there. Amazing place. Right. So you walk up to the to the condo and, and look at circle with your check, and they look at your check and go, "Oh, you're on the low end." Mm. <laughs> this should this is a thing. This should not be. You can live here, but there's no windows <laughs> in the rooms right. that we. Like your credit's good, but your your bank statements ain't right. Right, because <laughs> and then it's like, it and then you have like trust fund, you know, like yeah. Jean Claude coming right, down right. the street. It's like, what's money? Right, and they're like, come on in, buddy. Just kicking it. Yeah. Or speaking on the even higher end than that, the people who live right over there, right at City Center. Yeah. Like aside from Eric Holder. Yeah. But like just regular old people. Yeah. Who. Didn't hold any type of political office right, of whatsoever. Yeah. You know, they're living in there. Just and out. it's just like, wow, four grand a month and you living in there. That's crazy. <laughs> but that's where the city is right now. Like, people have to understand the thing about And if these... I could afford that, I would, actually, because I like right. luxury right. shit. But here's and that the, would be just dope, here's the crazy part. I bet part. you apartments is like that. Right. And I want to explain to everybody <laughs> who's listening to this podcast, even if you're not in D.C., here's the fascinating part of Washington, D.C. right now, is that if you want to make this kind of money... It's out there. Yeah. It's physically out there. Like in the space that we're sitting in, Impact Hub. Yes. You, you can make that kind of money right. by just being smart and savvy and making the right connections. connections. That's it right there. Yeah. And not that they'll just give you the money, right. but if you have the right idea and you're in the right industry, the money just falls in your lap. Right. So I at want, this point, I want to I want to bring up an, another quote from yeah. from from your piece. Of course, um, this one comes from uh, Scott Buster Herman. He Buster, says he the says legend. there are things happening everywhere again. He says D.C.'s always expanded and contracted as a scene going back to the days of the buzz party at Nation, which I attended uh, one of the last couple of the last jumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the days of the buzz party at Nation in the 90s. 
it always comes back a bit different than the last time. And the parties this time seem to be all doing better than ever before. So that's cool. Yeah. You know? Of course. Of course. It's amazing. Because, like, again, there's, like, unlimited opportunity. Because the thing that, okay, so, like, people have to understand, again, DC is unique in the sense that, like, DC will always be protected from a recession Facts. because we are a government town. Right. And the, the, because the federal government has put all of their financial impact into DC streets. Damn near all their agencies. Right. right. DC will always have that as like the baseline. Right. Yeah. The engine is here. Yeah. Then when you just throw in like the tech sector right. coming in, when Boom. you throw in, you know, when you throw in eight years of Barack Hussein Obama, the first African American to ever be president of a country where black people were three fifths of a person mm. for eight years. That's important. Yeah. He made D.C. the coolest place in the world. Yeah. Because a thing that should have never happened in America by law happened twice. Twice. Which is bananas. Like, in a oh, row. Like, twice in a row. Wow. Like, the black guy was president. So everybody came here. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the sense of, like, wealthy everybody came here. Yes, yes. It's not like we took the poor, tired, huddled masses. No, it was like, you have good credit? You want to buy a house for really inexpensive and save money and then have a family and then move into a house that's more expensive? Do that. And then leave that space open for a postgraduate hipster who right. has tech money just falling into their lap? Right. It's like we, we birthed tons and tons of a new elite class. But we yeah. also, the creative class moved here because we had a pre-existing deep culture too, so that right. which overlaps with the tech yeah, no class and all that too. So. But then the creatives are dope because, like, I look at a guy like Kelly Tolls, who who's a friend now. After we were down in Austin together, and Kelly's great because Kelly, like, when the thing opens up in the city, Kelly's like right on it. Mm. Like, like the dope graffiti is like right on the side of the building. Like, and pizza <sighs> opens up H Street. Boom, dip these Nikes in black paint, my dude, and hang them up for us. And make some art out of Nikes. Do that. That's, that's Kelly. It's, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. And that, that creates sustainable economy. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when you're like, oh, okay, creative person, do this creative thing. Every time something opens up that's like brand spanking new and it needs like some dope DC creativity. Hey, creative man, come in. Do a creative thing. Here's right. a check. Have fun. Brings in foot traffic. Right, and then... And the cycle and, continues. And I mean, and the, the idea though is eventually that becomes like... DC also, and I'll put this out there because this is a crazy thing that's going to happen. And, you know, gee, I make these proclamations on your show when they come out. DC is going to accidentally prove that trickle-down economics can work. Okay, okay. I'm listening. Because All right. DC is a top-down economy now. Mm-hmm. For, for a million and one years, DC was bottom-up. Because right. mm-hmm. it was like we had go-go and punk right. and DIY and right. all this stuff that happened, and right. it was bottom-up. Of course, when we got to the top, New York came along and just snatched the top off and let everything else die. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from Trouble Funk to Bad Brains, yeah. from every single one-hit wonder rap act that came out of the city mm-hmm. that signed yeah. a New York deal somewhere, and then, right. you know, right. gone, question mark, asylum, you know, uh, non drug dealers, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can I can name a long list. Right, you know, so that's what it is. So like, DC is now top down, where the people who have the money 
and the power are all at the top. And because they come from this generation where it was like a good thing to reach down, Mm -hmm. because these are mainly liberal people for the most part, even, even Trump people in this case understand the value of things being cool. Right. Like, because everybody likes cool. Right. Cool is demonstrably great. Right. Like, everybody's like, I want to be cool. Yeah, why not? Especially so, if you live in an area where there's cool shit around. Right. There, and it's know. just popping up out of the streets, right. you know? So there's a belief that if you get, like, a, a, a community of cool people, mm-hmm. like, demonstrably, unassailably cool, not, like, cool in, like, a corner of the internet or, like, cool in, like, a corner of pop culture or right. cool in some, like boardroom somewhere in new york city or cool in the mind of rick rubin or whatever (laughs) like dc the thing that people have to understand is like dc is like demonstrably cool worldwide yeah demonstrably like i didn't know that mix mag came to me (laughs) like i pitched it it, and they were like yes that's a true statement they're like yes marcus write about this make sure when you write this article by the way we want you to touch on this and this and this, and this, and this. And I'm like, well, those two don't necessarily apply to underground. Oh, well, I mean, you're there, so you would know better. Right. But we know that those of those things are high. Mm. Oh, man. And it's like, they know. That's beautiful. Or when you talk about rap, Gold, Wale got a, a fourth chance. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely did. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, from, even though he's in LA. Shining stores now. Yeah, right. It's crazy. I'm not, I'm gonna I'm leave my opinions about shine out the out the mix. Yeah. So long. you but so there so the thing is is that when something is like demonstrably cool, right? Yeah. And it's like well aware to the universe that it's cool, then it behooves people to touch it and grab it and and futz around with it and and make it make money so that you know because cool begets cool. Right. 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 So, so it's like if I give you a check, then maybe I can get, you can get your other your other man a check. You can get your other man a check. So let me ask you. The, okay. It's economy. I'm going to ask this question, but before you answer, I'm going to follow it up with a a final quote from the Bloomberg piece. Cool, cool, cool. So, think about, well, I want to know how you think all of this, just where we are right now, is going to be able to either add to DC's history. Mm -hmm. Um, And this quote states, the former Trump advisor uh, said the hotel reminded him of a particular country. He's talking about, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Uh. Caputo, um, 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 I can't remember his first name. I, I left that part out. But anyway, former Trump advisor said the hotel reminded him of a particular country, Russia, said Caputo, who did work for a subsidiary of state-owned Gazprom and a Boris Yeltsin campaign. Mm-hmm. They have buildings that are 900 years older than this, he added, before walking across the marble floor to eat a state. Of course he did. So knowing that this, in a once storied, long history building the old post office pavilion this now is going to be a part of dc how do you think that's going to add to you can do whatever you want in dc okay you can literally do whatever you want it's it's currently almost 11 o'clock at night in the middle of pin quarter and we're taping a podcast in the middle of a building where they just let you walk in if you remember Innovator Studio at Impact, uh, pilot at us. They just let you walk 419 in. 419 7th Street Northwest. They just they just let you walk in, right? Ten quarter. They trust you. Yes. To walk in to their building and not steal everything in here and walk out the door. You can do whatever you want. Literally. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Allegedly. Well, no, no, not <laughs> even. Okay. No, it's legit. Because, yeah. like, our history, the, the city's history, like, <laughs> there's, not, there's nothing 900 years old about D.C. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the sustainability for D.C. comes when people just start doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like, think about it. Like, and pizza, right? The whole bowl food revolution is Washington, D.C.'s. Mm-hmm. Chipotle loves mm-hmm. D.C. Mm-hmm. They will Just launch a whole fast casual concept. Yeah, they will. It's all DC. Yeah, Cava Grill, yeah, all that. There's tons of them. They're Even just like, like independent jumps. That just that's the only one. That's all it'll ever be. Is just that one. It's like yo, put some food in a bowl. Why? Because we can. And I love them because you know why I love those concepts because for a long time that's how I ate at home. Like I would just make some shit. It would all be good, healthy shit. But right. I just put it in a bowl. Like, I don't need the presentation. I'm not a fucking restaurant. Just put the shit in the bowl. Yeah. And it tastes good to me. I'm the only one who's got to eat the shit. Right. That's the thing. It's like, okay, put some food in the bowl. Cool. Great. Like, um, let's think of some other other things that it was proved that people could do. Oh, yeah. Like, U Street Music Hall. Okay. So, Will Eastman's like, yo, Theory Corporation. I'm trying to, like, I- I'm sick and tired of, like, playing shit at, at Bliss Pop at Black Hat and having the bottom end fall out on dance tracks that are bass. <laughs> heavy right because well that's the most important part of the song so like uh i need your help and uh yo titsworth you want to get in on this too like i and we we both play bass music so like if we can get theory corporation to help us put bass music in a place where we could do this and then oh yeah brian you are dude you you like german techno you like berlin right yeah so like and you're a designer right you're like an award-winning designer he's like yeah i'm an award-winning designer great so like we're gonna get q bar which is like a, like a gay pool hall. Yeah, ostensibly, that's all it is. Like mm-hmm. it's a gay pool hall. And it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it's underground. Mm-hmm. Great. So Brian, you want to paint the walls black, and 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 let's just let's just throw some some raves. That's enough. I forgot too, like how just the <laughs> history of U Street Music Hall, like what it was before that, before that, like when it was Food and Friends, and then it was Q Bar, and then right. it was U Street Music Hall. Yeah, and then and then even funnier, it's like Jesse's like, yo, Eric Bruno Yang. So like my man's, you wanna you wanna eat like some 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 hot dogs at the turnip? Mm. Cool. Yeah, let's make hot dogs and dip them in in in, in far broth. <laughs> let's do that. Cause cause that's well you can do whatever you want. You can do like, whatever you want. That's the lesson. Like you can do whatever you want. Let me ask you this. Uh, so you have the creative economy. You got these people who are in this network who are collaborating and yeah. all have their roles. And there might be some overlap, but that's a benefit to the situation. Where does the business part kind of kick in to like actually make these things okay. successful endeavors? Okay, so that's the that's the trickle down economics part. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to. This is also where like knowing your shit mm-hmm. comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, in about six months after this podcast, people are going to think that, like, I really know what I'm doing. Because... <laughs> yeah. It should have been known. Right. But people really six know... People ago, really think that I know what I'm doing. Y'all be sleeping on Marcus Dowling out here. So here's out the thing. One. Here's the thing. You, you have to, like... Okay, so, like, in order for me to get to the point where I could walk into government agency buildings... And like sit at the table with people who are actively wanting to assist me in making the city a better place. I had to be the digital content director at One Love Massive, and every single day for six months, write fresh new stories about what was going on in DC that involved me spending six to eight hours a day crunching numbers and doing research about the economic, hist- past, present, 
and future mm-hmm. of the city. Right. Now, mind you, I only learned how to do amortization mm-hmm. and like <laughs> all the accounting number aspects, crunching right. and accounting Appreciate when you. I was the executive director at Listed Vision Recording Studios. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were, and I helped to put together their online streaming radio station, right. which we were trying to sell at that point to somebody so that we could, you know, like hang out and have fun. Right. And it's like at that point you're like, okay, well like I need to learn radio number one, like radio on the business side right. number one. Mm-hmm. So that's like okay, I'll learn radio on the business side. Then I got to learn DC radio on the business side mm-hmm. and like understand like how that thing has grown and understand like, okay, so like how did Kathy Hughes do this? Right. Cause I was like, okay, right. so, so how did Kathy, Hughes, where did she plug in? Who does she work with? What does she do? Who, how did that happen? You should listen to the, how I built this podcast episode of her. If you just, if, if you're not hit to Kathy Hughes, you should at least listen to that episode just to get a little bit of the game. Cause she has so much experience. Right. Yeah, like, I, I got, I got to listen to that. Cause I did actually, it's an amazing I watched her, uh, Rock Newman. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. Interview. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So I did that. And then I was like, okay. And the thing is, I have a memory like an elephant. I don't forget anything. Mm-hmm. Like I literally don't forget anything. Like G can tell you, she's known me for almost a decade now. I don't forget, right, Reggie? I don't forget a thing. <laughs> Terrible. Very true. I, so, so I got all this like institutional knowledge at play in my head. Right. So that when I walk into the room with the people from government and they say to me, well, what is the economic impact of what you want to do? What is the social impact of what you want to do? Mm-hmm. What is the ROI, right. the return on, on investment, investment, if somebody is going to put money in your hand right. to do a thing? What are these, Marcus? Right. Well, how much is the overhead and some of those? Yeah, things? it's like, well, and then it's like, okay, so, and it's even funnier when it's like, okay, so Marcus, why don't you go to Austin? So, what are you going to give us if we get you down to Austin? Mm-hmm. Like, what can you provide to us, literally, as like a service, as like being an ambassador? Right. And then you have to like, and you can't like dilly dally with the answer. Right. Because these are like people who have meetings all day long right. with things that are far more important than like any sort of creative economy thing I want right. to do. They can sniff out the bullshit right. really quick. So I literally have to be like, bang, 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 bang. Connect the dots, make the play. Immediately. Like it's, 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 it's the, it's, I compare it to being like John Wall mm. and you're jumping the ball down court and you're like, okay, so you got like three seconds to make a pass mm-hmm. and you see a sliver of an opening where you can do a backdoor, uh, where somebody's going like, to do a backdoor cut right. and Markeep is going to the hole. Right. So you, you slide the ball in right there. Right. After the pick's been set. Right. Over here. Like, bang. Yeah. Right there. That's your time. You take it. Right. Right there. Or you, or, you, or you see the screen coming before it's coming and you take that one, that one half dribble step left right. so that you're right in the spot to, you know, shoot the three. Right. That's, that, that's what that's you have you. to do. Like, you have to have that level of precision, that level of knowledge, that level of intellect, that level of awareness, because it is a trickle-down economy coming. And the reason I know this is because if you're smart enough, when they let you into the room, and believe you me, because this is the millennial economy, and this is the creative economony, and we right. believe in creatives in D.C., right. because, I mean, we're an impact hub right now. Yeah. There's also WeWork. There's also... Yep. Uh, let's I say, and 3. Yeah, I3 is open, yeah. yeah. There's all these places where... And D.C. knows, oh... Creative people are smart. Right. There's 51 co-working spaces in D.C. apparently. Exactly. So you can do that. Like, so when you walk into the room, although there are 51 co-working spaces, you have to walk into that room and go, when they look at you and say, answer these three questions. If you him or her, like, I don't know. 
get out. Yeah. Right. Because there's a hundred people waiting outside that door. And especially if you're African American, there's like one time that you get. I was just talking about this with uh, Dre from Honesties. Yes. Last night. And Dre's like, when they let you sit at the table, they don't have to let you eat the food. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, shit. they will let you sit at the table. Look at him. He's at the table. Right. Like, he, he went to his area. But they don't Diversity. have to let you eat the food. Right. The way that they let you eat the food is if you provide value. Right. You bring something to the, right. to the table. It's still not fair. Game is still not fair. But the game is a game. But the game is a game. So you have to provide, like, this is the only time, like, it, this it's, it's sad, fucked up, and true, whatever, you know, like, you have to get to the table and then provide value before you can eat. Whereas other people who are at the table on various social, socioeconomic or racial levels just get to eat. Right. You have to provide value in order to level yourself up so that then you can eat. I mean, you're not saying anything new. So what do you think that is the, the reason why people are reluctant to embrace that? It's, that? The, it's the fact that people are mad that they have to still provide value. Mm. Because it's that whole thing of like, okay, we were 400 years, man. We were having to do this for 400 years, man. I did not, I, 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 this, I, man. Did, I did not work... In a slave plantation field. <laughs> neither, neither did I. I actually was on a plantation earlier this week. <laughs> I saw a black snake go across the road that I was driving down. I was like, see, they were just going to have to beat me and kill me. Because <laughs> right. I was like, there's snakes in the grass. I'm not doing nothing. Right. So, so that's the thing. It's like, so it, it, the, the funny part, though, is like, if you do the work and you like provide value, right? it's like, to me, it's like funny because I laugh at it because I'm like, Oh, you just need me to provide value? Uh-huh. Like, that's it? Yeah. Like, I don't have to, like, have my car run off the road. <laughs> I don't have to be beaten to a pulp like Emmett Till. Right. I don't have to be potentially shot in the throat like Dr. King. Mm. I don't, I, I just have to provide value. I just have to be smart. Yeah. So that's what you're telling me. We've gone through all this stuff, all of this stuff, this whole history. And at the end of it, all you want me to do is actually be an intelligent black person. It's well, like, well, well, okay. I can do that. I could, I could do that all the time. Yeah. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's just sit down. I, like, right. what, what topic do you be intelligent on? I'll, I'll, I'll do it across numerous topics. Need any other people? Because I got some people. Exactly, who, yeah, right. Who I could also bring right. to the table. It's cool. Yeah. That's, the, that's the fun part of right now. Right. Like, you're wearing a Deanna Dorsey t-shirt. I I have been known to wear Deanna's shirts too. I sometimes wear JC's from Bailiwick. Sometimes I mm-hmm. these are all intelligent black people. You know, right. Andre from Honest he's like, you know, intelligent black people. It was great because they were all down in Austin. We were down there for South by Southwest. Yeah. If you're not if you're not a creative and you're not down at South by Southwest at the Weedy C house, you're 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 fucking up. And yo, so I'm, I'm fucking up. I'm gonna tell you like I told him. Um, I I, to I've commented there. on an Instagram post of his uh yesterday. Um, when they did the uh, the We DC yeah, so like South the by DC, Southwest recap. Yeah, so the DC Economic Development yeah. uh, Program sponsors a house at South by Southwest, mm-hmm. where they bring in all of the creatives who are there for uh, the uh, interactive week, and they put on a concert, and they have all it's it's it, it, it seems corny 
on on the on the nah, jump. No, I heard it so was, the I was illest. So, no, so it was funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, I like, I like thought you know like, oh, this is corny, this yeah. is whack. Then when you get down there, and you and this is where you understand like the genius of DC government right now. It's like, actually, the dopest stuff is down there. Mm. You're like through all of this and thinking, oh, government's whack. Government doesn't care. Government doesn't care about people. Blah 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 blah. You get down there and it's like, Dre and Diana and Kokai and myself and you know Muriel Bowser shows up and it's like, and then you look around at all the rest of the creatives and you're like, oh, go Kate shoot. Kate Ward's in the building. Mm. Okay, Svetlana for BYT is in the building. Mm. OG, you know, like yeah. oh, and, and mind you, I'm sitting at a bar in Richmond this week. A woman who works, who runs a tech company based out of Richmond, she was talking about how she was down there at South by Southwest for the Interactive Week. And I had already told her, you know, this is where I live, whatever, in D.C. And she was like, yo, that D.C. house at South by Southwest was lit. This is a 40-year-old woman talking about <laughs> the shit was lit. She got some new vocab the, the, about the, this. The D.C. house was lit. So <laughs> just dope. to show, like, you know, the, the, the reach and the impact that 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 I heard it was the illest, illest spot. No, I mean time. for real, but for real though. Like, okay, so like here's the here's the crazy part too. Miles Gray is in on this too. Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. okay, so low key, and I'm glad to like have a, a part in this now. Like the, the small part that I do have is that the DC government figured out that we have a lot of money in DC. The the budget of DC for this fiscal year is 13.8 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It's billion with the B. 13.8 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, that that's, like, crazy. Yeah. Because that's double the triple, quadruple the, 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 the operating budget for most major metropolitan cities in America. So in the midst of that, it's like, okay, so we're balling now. So, like, the first thing that you do is you're like, okay, I'm balling. So what do you do when you go down to Austin when you're balling? You take the coolest stuff with you to, right. show, to show off yeah. how, how bad <laughs> you're balling. So it's... It's funny because you're thinking, oh, it's, it's 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 government, so it's going to be kind of corny, right, right? But like the DC government's actively trying to not be corny. That's that almost brings a tear to my and eye. And they That's do, beautiful. and they're doing quality control. <laughs> so it's funny, like you know, they got the right people. Yeah, in the right it's places. always you look around and it's like, okay, like Risa Renee, like we we're at this thing right. last night yeah, over yeah. at um the uh, the WeWork building by um, White House. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Risa Renee is there. Risa Renee and Pinky Killicorn. Right. We're right. at the the government turnup. Seriously, G. Risa Renee and Pinky Killicorn were at the government turnup. What's the name of their uh, collective? I always forget. Oh, Hippie Life Crew. Hippie, Hippie Life, Life Crew. crew yeah. There was, seriously, Risa Renee was throwing up the Hippie Life Crew hand signal. I mean, I could believe Risa Renee's there, but Shout knowing that Visto. Pinky Killicorn was there. Wow. Okay. Pinky Killicorn was there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, G. We need to. Like, it's, it's, it's bananas. Quiet. Like, stuff is happening. Like, you know, like, they. they the, the city understands. And it's actively making moves towards understanding that, okay, so here's the reason why I believe, and I'll, I'll say this too, and I don't, I don't care who listens or whatever, people listen to it, I know. When, the D, when DC realized that Donald Trump is going to be here for four to eight years, the only way that you can counteract Donald Trump is by trying to be as cool and progressive as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Because to be the polar opposite of like the Trump Hotel, Mm-hmm. And all the stuff you've mentioned about the Trump Hotel, you have to be like extra progressive. You have to be like beyond cool. Overcompensate like and shit. Overcompensate <laughs> to like the degree where it's like, man, the house was lit. Because the house had to be lit. Because it's like, otherwise, you come to the WDC house and you're expecting to see like the orange man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> I don't think you'd ever see the orange man at the VDC. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's the first thing that people think of when they think of DC right now. It's yeah. like, oh, that's where the orange man lives. Right. So you have to, like, go above and beyond the call of duty to be like, okay, we have to be, like, the polar opposite of the orange man and his policies. Because mm-hmm. if we don't do that, the then we're, we're, we're messing up. <laughs> agent Orange? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Secret agent. So I know before we would, we started talking, um, you had brought up... um. You had brought up the opening of a new uh, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bar on 14th. Absolutely. Uh, same block as uh, Busboys and Poets yeah. on 14th. It's called Diet Starts Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking about how just the 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 the, um, the influence from Commonwealth. Commonwealth. Absolutely. Which Matt said Stussy. he had never been to the DC I, location, of and he's wearing a Stussy hat, which is even funnier. Which is not okay. So there's a I lot. I thought of, it was a Richmond store. There's, there's a lot of people, actually. Um, Virginia Beach. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was it Norfolk? Shout out, shout out, shout out to play clothes. But either way, shout out to play um, clothes. region. That's where it originates. But nonetheless, it's not a far cry. The fact that you have not been to the DC location, there are many people. In the ten years that that store has existed, who oh. have lived nowhere else but here and have been here oh. the entire ten years, who bro, I had no know idea. about Stussy and a whole bunch of other brands that right. that store sells, right. have never been over there. Didn't even know it existed. Dog, and I'm a Stussy head too. Yeah. So crazy. okay, so like for 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 ten years, um, that location was like the uh, I'd say for five especially, it was the epicenter of DC culture, like. Of DC progressive urban culture, because it was like when was this? Well, give me so, a time so frame. So 2007, when they first dropped. So and it was three. Ah. It was three stores. So it wasn't just Commonwealth. They actually had a whole Stussy store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and they had the Stussy. Commonwealth store was on the right, and then they had For the Greater Good on the left. Yeah. So For the Greater Good, you can liken that to what say. Um, uh, um, I look at like Chaps Chaps Ralph Lauren. In a I, I say even even more niche than that. Okay. Think maybe like um what um what uh uh what, what what's next to Palace Five right now? Uh that the, the store they got right there next to it. Um God. I really hate I when just, I gotta recall information I can't recall. Yeah, it, I just like I literally just walked by it. Anyway. This is proof that I'm old. It's proof that I'm thirty nine. <laughs> or terrible. even think maybe like a um like a uh it was like more high, it was higher in it was like business casual but not even business casual, yeah. but business casual for the cool guy. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's like, I can push the envelope, but I'm not going like OD. A little bit, yeah. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. So those are those three stores. So eventually they all just like, all went into Commonwealth mm-hmm. and it's been there since 07. So when it, but when it opened, it was a big deal because the only other place that was even similar in, 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 in concept to that that existed in the city at that time was major. Yeah, I heard a major. When did she, when did that when the Commonwealth close? Like Commonwealth still up, still open. Still, so Stussy Stussy left. Stussy left. I mean, they closed and, a lot and, of locations. When, well, yeah. and for the greater good, they shut that down first. Okay. Yeah. Um, because it was it that was too early. DC right. like if, if, for the, if for the greater good would open like three years ago, they'd be killing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But right. the 07 was too early for DC. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like Commonwealth was like just bringing in so much money, and so Stussy like they was like. You know what? We leaving. You can still sell Stussy stuff out of Commonwealth. Right. Boom. Okay. So so here's the thing. Like you had like Modi from yep. DC to BC. DC to BC. Was was fresh out of college. You remember fresh out of college, Modi? 
I do. I had a good talk with Fresh out of college. Was that was that? That's when I first met him. First time Kendrick came to DC was that was that around that time? No, that was before. That was before. No, 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 no. That was after. That was after. After he just came. Okay, so you so you have like the DC to BC brand, which is like you know you have uh, Modi Oyewole, you have um, Marcel Marshall, Mm -hmm. and you have uh, Quinn Coleman, and these all these kids they come back and they're like you know kids with means kids with unlimited access to the hip-hop industry because this was when the point when the, the industry of music mm-hmm. started to fall apart. So it was like the music, people were looking for anybody who was cool in the sense that they could just push whatever culture was happening to the greatest number of people as soon as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So like Quinn, Modi, and Marty, because, you know, DC to BC helped break Kid Cudi. Yeah, I remember that. It was like, okay, whatever you guys want to do. Hottest rappers, hottest brands, all aligning with three young, under 25-year-old African-Americans who happen to be in Washington, D.C. You also have every rapper wanting to be like Wale. Yeah. So you had only one spot in the city where you could get like... Yeah, where you (laughs) had only one spot in the city where you could get like purple sneakers and like... You know, like shrink the fit nudies at the same time, right? Yeah, pretty much. That was APC. You're, descri- <laughs> you're, you're describing like a golden era almost. Yeah. Maybe. So you had that. Then you had indie electro and indie rap as music mm-hmm. colliding. So, and then you have DC developing a DJ culture. Mm-hmm. So all of these DJs needed a place to hang out. So you have like Stereo Faith, you have Jerome Baker III. You have Tom Lim. Mm-hmm. You have maybe some other folks. Uh, 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 I mean, those are some of the. I mean, ma- I mean, you know, like you had every and and they all would be there because they're DJs. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, DJs only work at night. So during the day, they were just hanging out. They were literally, literally, just hanging out. I mean, you 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 you've been to these stores, so like people that work, they're just hanging out. <laughs> Right. They're not really working. <laughs> they create, might they, like maybe culture. when they get new inventory, they put that up. But like other than that, they just they just hanging out. Yeah. Then on top like of it, barbershop. Yeah, shit. it was. It was like the barbershop. And then on top of that, you throw in like DC to BC popping off as a blog, right. and then just the blogosphere popping off in general right. allows everybody to have a blog. And then all of the bloggers need to be connected to the music. And the culture. Mm-hmm. So there was one place to go. Commonwealth. The Commonwealth. So you have like Winston doing the couch sessions. You have me doing True Genius Requires Insanity. You got, you know, G doing um, Glass House. You got. There were so many. Yeah. There was a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there was like too many. So like and every all, all of us were there. That's tight. Man. Then on top of that, Federal is the name of the store I was trying yeah. to think about. That's right next right. to that's next so, to Palace Friday whole thing. But okay. then on top of that, you have the kids who would who were not cool in quotes, who had access to money, who were actually buying the things right. that were on the shelf, and they all either became fashion people or mm-hmm. cool people or just people who did cool stuff. Right. Eventually, like you know, like um. What's her name? What's her name? Who am I talking about? White girl, blonde hair. Daphne? No, not Daph. 
Although she's important. I was about to say, how you gonna forget Daphne? Can't forget Daphne. <laughs> Daphne Steinberg. Being the woman in. formerly known as Lady Glock. Right. You know, so you <laughs> oh, got all tough. these kids. You know, oh God, it'll, it'll come to me. She's a model. She's the word Kid Nace. Oh, she's the word Kid Nace. She's a model. Yeah. Stylist. Stylist. Yeah. Blonde hair. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. We'll, yeah. we'll insert this into the podcast. But yet, all these people hanging out, being around, doing stuff in this place at the exact same time. So it was crazy. Like, you just have this crazy, 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 like, mix of people all in the space at the same time. Um, gosh, she goes about smoking zippers. Smoking zippers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's... So you have all these people in there, same time, like, just hanging out. Like, people who are, like, intelligent, yeah. smart, buying wildly expensive clothing, or being involved in culture at the highest scale of it. This is before DC was like opulent, right. but creatively DC was like a force. Mm. So you had all this stuff just going on in one building, and then like randomly Wale would just show up, Damn. and then randomly like Red Bull would just show up, yeah, just show up. Shout just, out to Victor Nguyen Long. Th- there you go, Vic was in there right weeks ago. Yeah, just boom, Vic would just walk in like I'm connected with this brand now, and I'm going to bring them in here to do an activation. Boom. Boom. It was like the most magical era. So it's funny now that we talk, we tie this back to what we're talking about now. So like when you look at like that level of creativity, uh, Scooty, mm-hmm. Rock Creek Social Club comes out of that as well. You know, so you get Scooty in there and you get Lamine, mm-hmm. Indoor, and all these folks who are all. And me. And you. <laughs> right. I'm sitting right here. Yeah, like, no, I'm like, name it. I'm a wait, founding wait member. For the I'm, name name, you know? I'm just making sure they have all the names covered. I mentioned you earlier. But there's like this stuff going on. So this and now, ten years later, when you get um Scooty and the homies are doing the store that you just talked about. Diet, Diet starts Monday. Diet starts Monday. You have Paris Cole. Paris Cole shop. Who's working Paris. with Tid Shop with, you yeah. know, like Big Chief. Big Chief and the game spot over here. Pen Social. Pen Social. Mm-hmm. And there's like three other spots they have opening up. Then you have... White, white Room and, 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 and all, yeah. all that stuff. Then you have DJ Alizé, mm-hmm. who is working with Wale. Yeah. And back and forth now, working with Tay James, Justin Bieber's DJ. So you Went have to Hampton, this, right? Yeah. You know, like, these are all the people. And it's funny to see them now and see all of us now doing things on a different level. And it's only because we did... Again, we do whatever we want... Because that's how we were raised. Right. That's how the city raised us. That's how the culture raised us. To just kind of do whatever you wanted. It was like, oh, so there's an actual retail store here. We're just going to hang out. Just going to hang out. <laughs> so, okay. So, we got to wrap this up. But I want to ask yeah, no one problem. final question. We brought it all the way back to this. Do you think DC's electronic music scene and DC's rap scene will merge on things and collaborate on things once no, again. not even. Ever not in even. life? No, they don't need to. On anything? They don't need to. Okay. Why? Okay, so... Or why not, rather? Why not? Um, DC's electronic music scene is the world's electronic music scene right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Hotel Garuda are gonna blow. That's like Manila Killer and I forget the other kid's name. But um, they're going to blow. Because Rachel Eau Claire, who's also a dietitian at Georgetown, 
gonna blow. Zach Easer, gonna blow. Uh, Lisa Frank, uh, 14, the 1432 kids, they're gonna blow. You know, Sarah Myers, gonna blow. Like, you can, you can name people going. There's like a 10 deep crew of people. And it's funny, it's like, I used to go to parties with Sarah through, Sarah Myers, through, as a promoter. Mm-hmm. So she's deep. You know, like the first time I saw it, Matthew Deere, somebody, like, first time I saw it, it was at the, it was at what, what, it was at the place that um, Kyle Ugly became. Oh, um, 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 shit. Uh, fuck. But you know what I mean, though, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. Also. The old, the old Coyote Ugly for anybody who was around back in them days. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, and then on top of that, not a strong, mm-hmm. already blown. Yeah. Inventor of Moombatone. Moombatone literally runs pop radio right mm-hmm. now. One Dance. Yeah. If you, if you know One yeah. Dance, you know Moombatone. One Dance, uh, Shape of You, The Ed uh, Sheeran. Uh, That's Moombatone. Uh, Jadena got a song on his album that's got, got a Moombatone groove to it, too. I yeah. can't think of Shout the name. out to Jadena. Yeah, you know. Stanford. So, I mean, that's all DC. So, DC's dance music scene is the world's dance music scene. Titsworth, don't forget him. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Alvin Risk. You know, Alan Risk is making music with Hans Zimmer, for crying out loud. He's he's killing it. He's gone. So that's the world's music scene. Like, dance, DC dance already has, like, roots worldwide. Mm -hmm. DC rap. Does it need DC dance? Because DC dance is already gone. DC rap, though, benefits from the fact that, like, the trappers... Mm-hmm. And the hustlers and the backpackers are gone. That's not a part of the relevant DC rap scene. Mm-hmm. The relevant DC rap scene reflects the streets, as rap always should. The streets of DC that DC rap reflects are, you know, affluent, mm-hmm. aspirational, festival loving, happy go lucky, entertained, right. young millennial people. Gold Link. Gold Link. The Wale record. The Wale, Wale, Wale's record literally makes him sound like he's 22. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, that's what it is. And if you look at even further, deeper down, you get into like Brain Rap and Nature Boy. Mm-hmm. You get into like Suri U. Mm-hmm. You get into Uno Height. Yep. You get into uh, Escobar's, like all those guys who are not making like records that are like, I'm going to kill you, son. <laughs> or I'm trying to ball out and make some money and hang out in this club. Right. No. Not at all. Like they're making records that are like like Brain Rap has a record about not about punching out his window and breaking his hand because of his ex girlfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Is, Shout out is, to Sir You though. He's like a low key legend, man. No, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And then you get like on top of that, the stuff that will influence them musically has nothing to do with dance. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that Nog Champa's making. Mm-hmm. Like this, like I call it ratchet jazz. It's the stuff that like guys like Dreamcast are making, the kids in Computer Club, mm-hmm. who are making this like jazz and funk and soul inspired music that is different than like the straight up and down. Like the, the kids that do dance and electronic music in DC right now are making like the most like straight up and down. Like not that it's boring, but it's like very much like a defined thing. It's like it's kids make. Cutter. Shook it, Savage. It's cookie cutter. Yeah, it's like kids make techno records. Like, Zach Easter, I love him to death. Zach will send me a techno record, like straight up and down. It's like, bam, mm-hmm. that's a techno record. 
Like there's no like cool thing to it. It's not like it's not an uncool record, but it's like whatever. As compared to like the first time I heard like Dave, the first time Dave sent me Moomba, like Moomba Tone, like the, the initial Moomba Tone song. And it was like, what are you doing? Like, did you slow down the Dutch house song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did? That was the first time I called him. I said, hey, yeah, you slowed yeah. down Dutch house? Why? Like, Dutch house was fine the way it is. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I was at this party, and then he told me the, the, the Moombatone creation story. I was at this party. It was a skip party. My, you know, my cousins threw it. The DJ was on before me was playing salsa and reggaeton. I had Dutch house records. So unless I had to play Dutch house, I was getting jumped. Oh, well. So Moombatone gets invented. So it's like, by comparison, when Zach sends me like an edit of Party Man by Prince, and it's like straight up and down techno, I'm like, well, that's not like inventive to the level that like slowing down a Dutch House record and then throwing in a like a cumbia sweep mm-hmm. is. It's completely different. It's still great, but it's like great to a level where like I can put a DC record on for, and I've done this, with like record executives in New York City. And they're just like, they don't, they don't need any DC-related explanation for why this is great. Right. They don't need me to go, well, you know, most of the population of Washington, D.C., <laughs> like it's Latino, is all Salvadoran or Puerto Rican or from, you know, areas of the world in which, you know, reggaeton is a particularly important, you know, <laughs> the etymology genre. of it. Right, I don't have to do that. I just play the record and it's like, oh, that's how it's good tired. fucking music. Yeah, like, boom. Mm-hmm. Let's sign out. that. That's good. That's good. I like knowing that this music is speaking yeah. for itself. You play like an Eau Claire, like disco record. It's like, Boom, put it on. Like her last remix. Put it on for somebody. Man, is that signed anywhere? you damn right it is. Mm. You put on like the Hotel Garuda stuff. Oh, yeah, it's hot. I don't have to go, well, you know, the drums sound like this because there's a thing that's called go-go. Or it's a percussive <laughs> thing that has a swing. And the swing comes from jazz record. You, know? you don't have to sell it. No, I don't have to sell a thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's like with the DC rap records, those are the records that need selling. Because nobody in the world understands DC right now on a millennial level. Because nobody's like, well, wait, the millennials? Okay, millennials across the country are making like twenty to $40,000 mm. a year. Millennials in Washington, DC make considerably more than that. Yes. So their, their concern and worry is not like heroin or, right. you know, like deep, dark, whatever, or listening to a trap record by Uzi Vert or Lil right. Yachty or whatever. It's like they want some some culture. Right. They want some some cool right. thing happening, and you have to go to them. Well, yeah, I understand this record sounds like this because, well, you know, we have an aspirational youth culture in Washington D.C. Yeah. Well, just how aspirational is it? Well, if I tell you, I make these kids make, and they go. It's like the the main concern is is Metro working today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right? the main concern. So when the main concern is is Metro working today, you listen to Gold Lake's record. It's like, then it makes more sense because you're like, well, why is he not concerned about the, the, the violence and the urban blight in Washington, D.C.? And I'm like, have you have you been? I mean, those rappers exist here. Right, they do. But for the most part, we look at the city. Mm-hmm. A good 75% of the city right now is not like overtly concerned about like, where's my next meal coming from? Right. And am I getting stabbed tonight? Mm-hmm. So those records don't, and this is the thing I'm going to say, it's going to make people jump out of their windows, but whatever. They don't accurately reflect the city. Which is bananas. Because mm-hmm. if you've been listening to rap music in Washington, D.C. for your entire life, like Stone Cold Hustler, mm. 
DC Scorpio, I'm so glad. Right. I I want more people to just mention yeah. that song. Like reflects. Pe- like- I want I want if if you are a rapper or work closely with a rapper in DC and you've never heard DC Scorpio Stone Cold Hustler, you need to listen to that song because it's still relevant if you are still in that life or close to that life. And he was one of like the 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 first. He was the first yes. rapper here to, to to be signed to a major label, and um, just even the Go Go version. If y'all get ever get to hear the Go Go version, oh, what he perform, performed live with uh, um, at Go Go Live at the Capitol Center, yeah, like that joke go even harder than the actual original version. So I'm going to put I'm the links in the So like you know, or like even better, like to me, it's like. We Want Money or Stinky Dinks, One Track Mind. Yes, yes. Those are records that literally don't apply to the city. Mm-hmm. Literally. Do not apply to the city. Mm-hmm. You hear One Man, yeah, what is it? Um, one Track Mind? Yeah, One, one Track. Ma- one Man, $100. Dollars in a One, one track, track Mind. Yeah. Literally applies to very few people in Washington, D.C. right now. You're so correct. it's a heartbreaking thing to realize mm-hmm. when you listen to Wale's new album and you're like, man, where's the street record? Oh, there's tons of street records about DC on that, on that album. Tons of them. They don't reflect the street that you know, mm-hmm. but they reflect the actual realities of DC right now. Bananas. It's fascinating. You're just like, wow, who knew? All right. We got we to gotta end it right there. Yeah, no doubt. But Marcus, thank you once again. Always. Not a problem. Coming back, uh, we got to bring you back on. I'm, I'm going to make this a, a regular thing. I'm always down to talk. <laughs> We're going to keep mean, this, this music is the answer thing going. Always, because it always it. is the answer. The All The Fly Kids show was powered by Fairground Creative Media and is recorded at the Innovator Studio inside Impact Hub, located in the Penn Quarter section of downtown D.C. Engineered by Backpack Matt and Ryan Gordon and produced by Geronimo Nose, me, You can subscribe to and listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, and Spreaker. Tell a friend and pay it forward.